I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Jessica where she's going to share with us how to use Airbnb for long-term travel. Hi Jess, how are you? Hi, I'm good Debbie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get to all of your amazing tips and tricks, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes, so I live an offbeat life in the sense of I live a nomad lifestyle where my boyfriend Stephen and I will live in different Airbnbs a month at a time in different countries while, you know, balancing normal life responsibilities so we can integrate travel more into our lifestyles. Um, We, you know, we're in our late 20s now. We don't have any super huge responsibilities. So we really wanted to take advantage of this time and go out into the world and see all those places on our bucket list while we have the most freedom that we do. So it's a ton of fun and I'm excited to talk more about it. Yeah. And this is the time to do it. And I love that you're experiencing all of this together. And one of the things that I think all of us want to learn more on how to do is how do we actually find places to stay in that is uh, within our budget that's affordable, but also like in places that we want to go to. And I know that you both use Airbnb to do this. So can you take us through your process and why you chose Airbnb instead of other avenues to find places to stay? Yeah. So we choose Airbnb because we figured out that if you book an apartment for a monthly rate, you do get a discount um, compared to when you book it for a shorter amount of time. So we did the math and it pretty much equaled out to what we were paying stateside for an apartment lease like monthly. So we were like, well, we might as well just take that money and go abroad and, you know, live out our dreams with this beautiful season of life that we have right now. So Um, yeah, Airbnb just, it really seems like it checks all the boxes. Like every unit is so different. So you're able to really find units that fit the needs that you have. So, you know, I can get more into what ours are later, but you know, if you're looking for a certain location or, you know, you need certain amenities, like you can really see what those are on the different listings. And you also can look in pretty much any country you want to look at or all sorts of different cities. And there's just a huge variety. And it's nice that you have the company of Airbnb as well to 
be that middleman when you're looking for a place. So it's like Airbnb is your landlord almost. So <laughs> That's true. Now, have you ever gone on Airbnb? Because I do know that you're right. They do give you a discount for monthly. Have you ever mm-hmm. gone straight to the actual owner of the property and was like, hey, um, can we make a deal if we stay longer? Or how do you do that? Or you just go straight to Airbnb? So during phase one this past year, we've just been going straight through Airbnb. And after we met some of our hosts that we got along with really well, we would be willing to go and talk to them. You know, if we ever circled back, I'm sure that we would be able to figure something out with them. But um, we haven't actually tried that. And I don't know if that's, you know, something that maybe we should do in the future. But I know we did have one house where we were adding on a few extra days and she adjusted that price for us because we were staying so long and um, it kind of helps them like they don't have as many, you know, cleanings that they have to do and things like that. So I don't know. The hosts that are really responsive, it's definitely worth talking to them and, you know, sharing your story and opening up that line of dialogue because they can definitely, you know, make or break your experience. Yeah, absolutely. So take us through your process of finding the places that you're staying in. Like, how do you narrow it down? And also, how do you choose the right ones? Because there's sometimes there's so many options. Um, And also, like, how do you know if it's legit or if this is going to be a good place to stay in for that long of a period? Right. So I think what we did at first was we kind of picked cities that we wanted to go to. So that's like our very, very first baseline search is you search the city. So, you know, whether it's Rome, whether it's Athens, whether it's Dublin, whatever it is. So then you go within there and we make folders on Airbnb to separate them by city. So we know these are all the units within that city. And Steven's actually the pro at this. Whenever he can't sleep, he's up at like three in the morning scrolling through Airbnb and just saving a bunch of places. So we have them, you know, kind of on file for us when we go to look now that, you know, we're more into this. But we would kind of just save everything and filter through and see, you know, if there's any red flags that, you know, don't align with us, then you kind of take them off the list. But One of the main things we look for is we make sure that there's a lot of positive reviews from the unit because the more reviews you have and like if the Airbnb host is a super host or, you know, the Airbnb plus, like, you know, that those are legitimate and they are one of the better units. Yeah, I think that's super huge for us to do. And you can kind of tell when people write reviews because it's so funny how people craft their answers. Like if there's something that's kind of not great about it, that people will, they'll either straight up say it or they'll dance around it and you got (laughs) to look into it a little bit more. And I also think like if it's a place that doesn't have a ton of reviews, you can look at the host and see if they have other properties too. And if the other properties are highly reviewed and positively reviewed, then you can kind of trust it. It might just be a newer place. So yeah, I would say reviews is like your gold mine of information. And then on top of that as well, there's also the, you know, you want to look and see the location so you can look on the map and kind of pick a 
point of like a location that you would really want to go to in the city and see how far it is from there so you can kind of get a gauge because you don't get the exact address before you book. And then other things we definitely look for are seeing if there's a grocery store nearby, seeing if there's heating and air conditioning, seeing if there's Wi-Fi, if there's a um, if there's a separate bedroom. That's kind of important for us so we can have our own like workspace if we need to take calls or anything. And I think those are the main things. You kind of also have to look to like we had a couple units that, you know, didn't have a dishwasher, didn't have an oven, which we didn't really notice because when we were looking at the um, listings, because we were like, oh, that's so typical to have. But depending on, you know, what country you go to, they just have different protocols of what they have in like a standard kitchen or uh, things like that. So it's important to look for those and washer and dryer or washer, I guess. There's not a lot of dryers in Europe. So (laughs) yeah, there's, you just want to look for all your basic needs pretty much every time you're researching. So have you ever had a place that you stay that, that just, you just didn't like, or maybe it was the area. And if you did, how did you deal with that? (laughs) We had one out of 11 months. So I think that's, that's pretty good. The one we had that was not great was in Dublin. And, you know, I think we were still new. That was only our fourth one. And Dublin's just very expensive in general. So we were trying to find something that was decently affordable for us to do because we really wanted to go there. Steven has a lot of Irish heritage and he like he loves Ireland. So we found this place and the location was fantastic. And that's why we really booked it. And the pictures looked cute. They were a super host technically. And, you know, it looked great. But we got there and it just, it looked like it hadn't been cleaned since pre-pandemic. And there was, <laughs> there was like a fake fingernail underneath the like kitchen oven there and the heater didn't work. And there was just, it was dirty. I physically cleaned out the like under the kitchen area and like pulled out these like balls of lint. I don't even oh know what was God. in them. It was disgusting. And then worst of all, though, there was black mold in there, which If anybody here is listening from my audience, like they know that I had a lot of health issues from mold in like 2019. So all of my symptoms came back and we caught COVID that month. It was just a disaster. And then too, our hosts were really, they kind of just turned everything back on us that we brought to their attention and were not willing to refund and all that. So it was a really not great time, <laughs> but it was really difficult though, because we got in the situation and there was really nowhere else in Dublin to stay for the month. And I think if we weren't sick, like we probably would have looked into it more, but we were just so exhausted from, you know, everything that we sucked it up. We cleaned it up as much as we could. There was a little Irish handyman, Barry, that came over to clean <laughs> all the molds. And I don't know if it did anything, but yeah, it was we just kept ourselves busy and tried to get out of the apartment as much as we could. So, but that's the only horror story I have. So I don't want to like scare anyone, but definitely just make sure that, you know, it's a very active listing and that the reviews are recent. You need to find recent reviews. That's my other super huge key. 
Yeah. And, and that's one thing. It's like, you don't know, you trust it because it's there. And if uh, there are super hosts, like you're even more inclined to trust their listing. So always, I guess, do your due diligence just to make sure that you're getting yeah. what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a learning experience, but now we know. So thank God we survived that. <laughs> That's true. So do you have any other tips for us that maybe um, that are not as well known when you're booking things on Airbnb, especially for long term travel? I would just say, you know, to make sure you're booking, if you are doing long term travel, I mentioned this in our first episode, but you really need to make sure that you are booking probably about three months in advance minimum, because if you know, there's a whole, you're trying to stay for a whole month or longer. And if that unit that you're looking at gets booked up for even one night, they can't let you stay there, obviously. So if you're trying to do like long-term month-to-month Airbnbs and you want to make sure you have a place to live, just give yourself adequate time because the closer it gets, the less options you have. Yeah, that's a really good tip because sometimes we tend to procrastinate and then we think it's going to be there and then you regret it, especially if it's like um, a property that you really love. So if you can, make sure just to book it when you can. Yeah, they get snatched up. (laughs) Yeah, especially if it's a really nice area and also in a great um, place. So thank you so much, Jess, for sharing with us all of these tips and tricks. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at jessicafay 508 same on TikTok. And I have a travel blog as well called theroadjesstraveled.com. Traveled has one L. Perfect. Thanks so much, Jess. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Debbie. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Jess. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she's been able to do slow travel through remote work. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.